0: Welcome to another installment of Money You Should Ask. I'm your host, Bob Wheeler. In this episode, we are going to explore, question, examine, converse, dig deep, expose, laugh, and cry about the money beliefs, money blocks, and life challenges of our next guest. Turn up the volume, listen, learn, and laugh. I'm actually really excited today to have with us the author and podcaster of Bad With Money, Gabby Dunn. Um, I'm so appreciative to have you here. Oh, thanks. Yeah, and special thank you, Jake Heath. Yeah, to Jake Keith. You know, for um, hooking us up. Has he been on this show? Um, we're working on that because he's busy now with money, you should ask. Oh. So we're, we're working it out at the other studio.
1: Yeah. Or you're just like, I don't want to have him on.
0: No, I – well, okay. Thanks, Gabby. Now, I've been, now I have to ha- – no, he's, uh, he's actually going to be on. Yeah, um, yeah. So I was intrigued because you have written this um, book and mm-hmm. you have a podcast, Bad mm-hmm. With Money. And – I love it because it feels similar to – so what I've been doing is trying to have these conversations about money because I feel like lots of people are bad with money but they have to project that they're great with money.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, it's embarrassing. The it's whole embarrassing. The whole thing started because um, I was just going through all of this stuff by myself. I didn't have any financial knowledge. There's no financial literacy in school. Um, and I felt like it was just something that was wrong with me personally.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so I took it as like a – I always say like a, a personal, moral, and intellectual failing where I was just like I'm an idiot and um, I shouldn't let anyone know. Right. And, um, and there's no way to better your situation or get any information or knowledge if you are afraid to ask. Ask. Right. So I just I just never talked to my friends about money. My parents were very dodgy about it um, and very sort of like Feast or famine with it, and also like if I asked, it was like it's none of your business, right? Uh, but but then like it it be it was my business because it would be like student loans, which are in my name, or things like that that later became my business, right? Um, so I think there was just this whole uh, like tab taboo or tackiness attached to it. Um, and then also I was scared. I was like, if I don't look at my bank account, then it doesn't exist. Yeah, uh, which isn't true. Yeah, so oh, that part. <laughs> <laughs> hate that. Yeah, so I. I, and I, uh, so I went from like just never really having any money, and I would totally panic when something would come up, and then I would somehow figure out a way to scrape by, and then as soon as it was handled, I would completely forget, and I would never like actually better my situation because I would always just go, oh, I, I fixed it, and would be like, yeah, you fixed this one thing, right? But um, you, you know, if something else happens, it's not like you're going to be able to take care of that. So there's a lot of like uh, just sort of handling it too, like on my own. And now since I've done the show, what's been really great is uh, people just I don't know if you experience this, too, but people just coming up and wanting to tell you stuff and wanting Mm -hmm. to ask you questions and um, and feeling like you're just having not not no more small talk with people. Like I feel like people just come up and they're like loan consolidation, like rather than just like, hey, how are you? (laughs) Like right. It's right. very like, and that's great because at least we're like I'm getting information or giving information, which is so rare in money.
0: It is, and I think, and I, I don't know if this is true for you, but one of the feedbacks I get is that people feel like they can talk to me about um,
2: mm-hmm. talk to me about mm-hmm. money, and I'm not
0: going to shame them, yeah. and I'm not going to be making posts about them. And mm-hmm. oh my god, you're, mm-hmm. ki-, you know, it's like really a curiosity, and uh, like let's just let's be curious about this. And what's yeah, when going you
1: on? share yourself other people feel comfortable to share with you which yeah. is like what really needs to happen with money so many friends of mine will say like oh i could never talk to my partner about this right friends of mine who are like getting married there's this one couple that i spoke to on a different podcast and she was like we're engaged and we just told each other our salaries what wow what <laughs> what <Right? laughs> yeah what
0: <laughs> yeah i had a couple get married uh They had to file, like, three years of returns because they had had some issues. So Uh we filed the three years of returns. They were going to get back, like, $20,000, $30,000 refunds. They didn't get a dime. And he goes, like, what happened to my refund? So it turns out his new wife had $100,000 worth of student loans she forgot to mention and $100,000 worth of credit card debt.
1: See? And I understand, (laughs) like, people being like, oh, I'm so scared to tell my partner. But, like, I've I've heard wild stuff. Like, uh, I have a secret credit card my husband doesn't know about. What? Like there's just so many things where people – it makes people – I mean everyone knows this, but money makes people act wild. Crazy. 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 So – and I think because of the secrecy around it, they're acting out and they're keeping it to themselves. Yeah. And then that – you can't make a situation better if you're keeping it to yourself. You just can't.
0: You know. And then you're isolated because you know you're mm-hmm. projecting a story mm-hmm. and now you've got to keep keep it up. And
1: And I feel like it only – from my research, like – because I started not knowing anything Mm -hmm. and now the more I've learned, the more I'm like it really benefits the people at the top to have the people like us in the middle or the bottom um, not talk to each other. Right. Because then there's no economic mobility and then they stay sitting pretty and none of us can, can get to where they are. Um, I just had – we just did the second episode of the podcast, um, season four. We're back on the air on Stitcher. And um, we just just, uh, did an uh, interview with this woman, Rachel Sherman, who wrote this book called Uneasy Street, The Anxieties of Affluence. But um, she wrote this article that I think about all the time called What the Rich Won't Tell You. It was like 2017 in New York – in the New York Times. And it was like – people like taking the labels off their bread or jeans or whatever so that their nanny and housekeeper won't see how much they spend on things. Yeah. Or like, yeah, or like, you know, um, lying about what they're up to or whatever to, to their housekeeper or to their nanny because they don't – But the nanny and housekeeper know that you're rich.
0: Right. They it's already
1: know. It's just making you feel better. <laughs> right. Or like there's this thing – she was talking about this this thing where they'll go – they're like well i'm a liberal and progressive person like obviously i want you know i believe in gay rights i believe in immigration like all this stuff um but i am a millionaire and don't take my money
0: <laughs> right <laughs> and i don't want to pay for any of that stuff either.
1: and i don't want to pay for it and and then they feel guilty about it and then they also have a lot of there's like this whole thing too of um the the hierarchy of people who earned their money feeling mm-hmm. be- like so good about themselves versus the people who inherited money being like Being like, uh, like, no, we can't talk about money. Don't talk about money because they don't want people to go, oh, you just inherited money. So then they feel – can I curse?
0: Yeah. They feel uh, shitty about it. They do.
1: So then they don't want – so then they're like, well, I don't want my nanny to know that I've inherited money. It's like, who is that helping?
0: Right. You. And they probably know anyway.
1: Of course they know. (laughs) And then they go – this was the other thing we talked about was the private plane standard where people go, I'm rich, but I'm not private plane rich. So then if they don't have a private plane, they're like, I'm not even that rich. Yeah. But they have like an income of like $2 million. <laughs>
0: yeah. No, it's interesting. There was a – I don't – and I I will get the numbers wrong. But a few mm-hmm. years ago, there was a guy that was like number 12 on the uh, mm-hmm. richest people in the world and he dropped to like 40 yeah. and he committed suicide. What he was so upset that he had dropped. So I'm like, gosh, really, you're still in the top 50.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying. (laughs) Like uh, the the lack of perspective and then also like feeling like, okay, well, if I've lost any of my money, that means a lot about my self-worth. I'm a bad person. And then all – or like I don't deserve to live in the, the extreme measures that that guy took. Right. But also like um, this thing of not of, of trying to keep your status and your privilege and your class a secret yeah. from the people below so that they don't come after you with pitchforks, so they don't think that you're a bad person, so so that they don't learn anything or, or feel like – I mean an example is like I moved out to L.A. when I was 25, and this is a very late time to know this, to figure this out. But I moved out here at 25, and I would always – See people in the entertainment industry, like making films or like doing these things, and I would go, "Oh, they're getting these opportunities and making these things because um, they're more talented than me, right?" And then it would slowly come out that like their parents gave them ten thousand dollars, or that their dad is an exec at CBS, or like you know right. all these sort of things where I would, or that they they um, don't have a day job, so they're able to write all day, or all these things right. that I would go, I would. Think to myself, I'm just not as good as they are right. in at show business. But it had nothing to do with that. Right. It had to do with it, but it never occurred to me that they were that their lifestyle was different than mine. And so it served only to make me feel like, oh, I guess I deserve to be here. I deserve to, to, to not be doing as well. And that's what they want. Right. That's what I've learned.
0: No, it keeps it keeps it keeps everybody in check.
1: Keeps you at the status quo. Cause keeps at the status God status quo. forbid. You know, anything gets shaken up, they're like, well, our little comfortable lives, we don't want those to change. Yeah,
0: please. Yeah. Don't mess it up. Did you – as a kid growing up, were you middle class? Were you wealthy? Were you poor? Like in your Mm. perception?
1: We were – we were, I think, like lower middle class. I mean it, what's interesting is in the book, I I don't really remember a lot of stuff. My dad – like my dad was um, an addict and an alcoholic and a mm-hmm. gambler so that really – like he ca- – speaking of couples, like my mom had no idea that he was spending oh. so much money on drugs and gambling. Like she didn't know. Um, and so she found out much later like where she would kind of be like, I feel like we work a lot and we never have any money. How is this possible? Um, and so – Uh, but I I went through my diary from Mm -hmm. when I was like in middle school and I didn't realize uh, in researching the book and I didn't realize how much I wrote about money when I was like 11, 12 years old. Like how many entries I had where I was like – clocking my mom's spending or writing stuff like mom came back from the designer store today I saw two bags I wonder how much that cost like that's what I was writing in my diary wow. or like there was a whole thing where I've totally forgot about this but I had a whole entry where um I was like I told my dad that I needed glasses and he said we can't go to the eye doctor so we had to go to CVS and get really ugly glasses and they're not <laughs> even my prescription and everyone at school is gonna think-, think that I'm poor or whatever like I was writing about that wow. but I, I I did not remember it at all, so I included a. A lot of these entries in um, the book because I was curious, like I still had the diaries and I was like, mm-hmm. I wonder what I thought if I ever wrote about money or thought about money when I was a kid. And without looking at those diaries, I would have been like, I don't think so. But then looking at them, I was like, no, you were consumed by this.
0: Consumed. Yeah. Wow. And when did you have your aha moment that Oh, I might be bad with money or I don't have answers.
1: Oh, well, also another thing is my parents um, would make these irresponsible uh, decisions. And then and then the next day and then we would like have a really great time. And then the next day they'd be like, we fucked up. So like one thing I read about in the book is that they took out and I didn't find this out till I was researching it in 2016 when I was interviewing them as an adult. They took out a twenty thousand dollar loan from a bat mitzvah to pay uh. for my bat mitzvah. And then my mom's like, well, your bat mitzvah was incredible. And I'm, like – so it's things where, like, I didn't – I had a concept of, like, we shouldn't be doing this, but also a lot of – but, like, I'm not missing out on stuff. Right. But also I would kind of be, like, hey, guys, maybe we shouldn't. And they'd be, like, you're a kid. And I'd be, like, all right, I'll shut up. Mm. Um, but I never – so I never realized – but I also knew, like, they weren't – you know, I, I had a job. I always had jobs and they weren't giving me money and stuff. So I, like, knew that other kids – were like because I went to a private school mm-hmm. on um, a scholarship, and so I I would go to other kids' houses, and I knew that their houses were mansions, and mine wasn't. <laughs> um, or like you know, there was it's a Jewish school, so a lot of nose jobs um, right before ninth grade. <laughs> right, I was not one of them.
0: You, you didn't get the job. <laughs>
1: no, I didn't get the job. So there was like stuff that I, were indicators. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I talk about in the book like the early two thousands rich girl indicators like the Tiffany bracelet and the straightened hair and that kind of stuff didn't not really didn't have that um, and so uh, I but I didn't realize well one big thing um, is when I was and so like in twenty fourteen uh, I was sitting at my desk at my job and the guy next to me had his bank account open on his computer. And I saw a number and I said, Oh, I have that too. And he was like, what? And I was like, I have that same credit card debt. And he was like, that's my savings account. <laughs> and then my best friend, my literal best friend was sitting behind me and she whipped around in her chair and went, you're what? And I was like, what? Um, Cause she didn't even know. I hadn't even told my best friend. So she was like, wait, wait, what? And then the guy was like, Wait. And then the two of them sort of ganged up on me and were like, what is going on in your life? And I was like, nothing. I didn't say anything. Never mind. And then so from there, um, the two of them were sort of like, wait, you need to – wait, what? Like you need to fix this. And so that was the first time anybody knew and that was the first indication that like – you know, you, you can kind of tell yourself, oh, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. But then if someone from the outside sees it
0: and, <laughs> and has a strong reaction out, yeah. Yeah. you're like – Might be an indication.
1: Yeah. So that was like the, the first big –
0: Did you feel a lot of shame, like when that and and like, like and then what did you do with the shame? Like, did that get you into action? How long did that, like?
1: Oh no, I cried. I left the office. I went to I went outside to a coffee shop. I said nobody talked to me. Um, (laughs) I uh I don't want to talk about it. Um, and then the the thing that was hard too was that um this guy, the friend of mine, coworker um com- uh, came from a wealthy family mm-hmm. very wealthy family um and had gone to stanford didn't have any loans like was very wealthy and i knew that and my best friend who i do a lot of my comedy stuff with mm-hmm. um is also wealthy comes from a wealthy right. family um doesn't have any student loans uh, her parents like they're they i was like okay girl cuz her their her parents house was just like on the cover of like design weekly or whatever right. the fuck like mansion so right. i was like so I was like, okay, like this is a different world. And right. she kept showing me the magazine and going, We don't even go in that room. And I was like, <laughs> that I can't even fathom that as a lifestyle. But so um so yeah, so like I, I felt like, well, fuck you guys. You don't understand me. You're two people who don't get what my life is and where I'm coming from. And like, good for you two that you can have your lives together, but this is what real people have. And like right. kind of um and and but I also New, so i like then there was this weird thing where uh i had some internet fame Mm -hmm. like we had our our youtube channel and i was a writer and so i had a a social following and i had fans um but i was driving postmates and like getting recognized driving postmates which was really awful um and doing like a bunch of of odd jobs which i kind of have always done and um and so people were confused as to why an internet famous person was still working, day- like, jobs. Just to keep you grounded. Well, yeah. Just to- <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I realized um, that other friends of mine who were internet famous, they also had jobs. So I had one friend I wrote about. So I wrote this article called Get Rich or Die Vlogging, which was about me, myself and my friends who um, – and I kind of exposed, like, these are the day jobs of your favorite YouTubers basically. Right. Um. And one girl – and, like, they never talk about them on their channel. Like, one of my friends who's a a really well-known YouTuber is a flight attendant. She has never mentioned being a flight attendant ever on her channel. Um, And I only know that, and she told me, like, it's a secret. Like, literally crazy. So (laughs) – so um, her name's, uh,
0: Debbie exactly, Smith. Exactly. And she lives in yeah, no. exactly.
1: <laughs> so like, but other people like friend of mine works at a museum. Another friend of mine worked at Starbucks, and and they were uh saying how uh f- one girl who was working at Starbucks fans figured out that she worked at Starbucks and then memorized her schedule and then would come in and bother her and her boss was like furious and she ended up like getting fired. So wow. like. And and then it was like, well, that's my income. So like, you know, it would be like this thing of being too famous to have a day job, but too poor not to. Right. And so I wrote that article and that article went like crazy viral because people were people had no idea right. that Internet famous people had day jobs. Right. No clue. To the point where there were comments like coming in on my Twitter and one girl was like c- convinced that i was lying right and i was like well how do you think i make money then sweetie and she was like youtube pays you a salary if you post <laughs> videos to youtube you're an employee of youtube and i was like what like that's the level of knowledge like, we were like where's working my paycheck with. i
0: haven't gotten it in 3 years <laughs>
1: yes like that's the level of knowledge that we were wor- we were working yeah. with people had no idea well, so yeah. so after that um, I had been in talks with a podcast network to do a podcast and generally, uh, the idea was to do something, um, related to LGBTQ issues, mm-hmm. uh, because I'm a queer woman or, um, something to do with like dating or sexuality. Cause that's a lot of what we talk about on the mm-hmm. YouTube channel. Um, and I like kind of shocked them and I came in and I was like, I want to do a money show and they were like, okay, that's not your brand at all. You've literally never talked about money. What? And I was like, I, I want to do a show about money. Like that's, that's what's on my mind. They were like, okay, so we came up with Bad with Money, um, and the first season was me just having friends on and being like, "How do you make money?" And it, it came out. So many crazy things came out. Friends right. of mine who, like, I would never have guessed, you know, what they did. A couple friends were like, um, like actress friends or comedian friends or whatever, were like, "I can't um, come on the show because I'm a sex worker." And you just uh, – we just didn't know. Th- I didn't know that. Right. Like p- it really opened my eyes to like everyone is making money in a way that like you do not see.
0: Right. Well, it's – again, it's posturing and perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of comics. Um yes. You know, I, I have a lot of friends who are mechanics, mm-hmm. uh, work at Trader Joe's or whatever. But you'll never know that. Um, and when I would actually say, oh, I'm an accountant, they're like, oh, well, then you can't be a real comic. Because yes, you can exactly. never admit you do anything but – write jokes all day, lay around, get high, yep. and um, and I'm like, gosh, but I do like money in my bank account, so I mm-hmm. had to keep a job, you know?
1: Yeah, and it's a lot of judgment, because you're ju- supposed to be living this like lavish entertainer lifestyle or whatever, yeah. um, and so uh, I had a bunch of friends on talking about money, and, and uh, everyone had different circumstances, mm-hmm. and you know, it was this thing too of like my um, the, my, my comedy partner whose parents were in the design magazine, um, we make, oftentimes we are paid the same thing for these things that we write together. So we'll both get a check for, let's say, $10,000. So to her, $10,000 goes into her bank account. For me, $10,000 goes to credit card debt. You know what I right. mean? So like, uh, it's this funny thing of, of having this mirror person where I see that I'm, we're making the same amount of money. So, so on paper, um pe- places will interview me or I'm very transparent with numbers. Mm-hmm. So for the um for the book the the book deal was $150,000. I ended up making probably 75,000 of that just because of like lawyers and agents right. and whatever and taxes and everything like that. And then from that uh I put like, you know, there some money in a in a IRA and then I went back and fixed all my mistakes from f- like 10 years, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So at the end of the day it's like congrats, you broke even. Right, <laughs> You know what I mean? But yeah. like for other people, that wouldn't be the case. And then I have to tell myself, like, it's amazing that you've broken even. Congratulations, your
0: success. <laughs> right. Well, you are. But So let me ask you this. How did you get comfortable with just sharing all this? Because, you know, so many people like when I I do workshops mm-hmm. and um usually everybody's posturing and trying to hmm, I don't really have issues. And then mm-hmm. by the end, you know, people have shared their secrets. And at the end, people Invariably, everybody says, "I thought I was the only person." Yep, and I've been so ashamed, mm-hmm. and I thought I was the only one, and I actually feel relief knowing that everybody else is slightly fucked up too. Yeah, because I actually feel like I have companions.
1: I've never. Um, this is the first time I'm putting this together. So I'm putting this this together as as uh, I'm talking to you, but. Um, because my my dad was an alcoholic uh i uh went to al anon mm-hmm. which is um like a group group therapy thing for for uh people who've been affected by alcoholics or or you know so it's like families or partners of of alcoholics mm-hmm. um and the first time i i ever went to al anon you kind of think like my problems are so special like i'm right. the only
0: one <laughs> sort of annoying when there's other people yeah you know.
1: yeah and then um the first time i ever went to al anon every person who spoke was like i was like it me that's me. Oh my God. That's my, you know, so like, I just felt like, Oh, I'm not even, I mean, it it is a little jarring to be like, I'm not even special. Uh, but you're like, I was like, Oh wow. Like this, everybody here has, has this same quirk or this same thing that is wrong with them or whatever. Um, and so I knew the, Power of like sharing, right? And 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 it had come at me the same way with like sexuality, like I a lot of stuff that I had shared about coming out or or things like that. The response that I would get on the YouTube channel or on social media would be people being like, "Thank you so much for saying that." So I I never had um a filter really. Like Mm -hmm. I never like I was sort of like I'll just talk about whatever, and I'm sure it'll help someone. And I was very ashamed about money and I kept it to myself a lot. But I also had a sneaking suspicion the whole time that that other people were ups- – like I always talked about um, that I would cry in my car about money. And I always had this idea that there were like – it was a parking garage and there were people in the cars next to me all crying about money. Wow. And I would always be like, we should all just get out of the car. Yeah. Get in a van. Get in a van. <laughs> Everyone together. Get on a school bus. Talk about it. Talk it out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's – um." and and um your main motivation for sharing is mm-hmm. that like what what's the what's the drive to share all this to talk about the money to
1: so that people don't feel like they can't ask questions right um the show is like very basic i mean i i will have someone on and i never i try to n- go against the instinct to when someone says something to go oh yeah yeah i know about that Because my instinct is always to be like, yeah, no, I know. Or like, yeah, I heard. Or whatever. But um, we'll have people on. And if I don't understand something, I'll be like, you have to say that again. Or like, go back. Because I know someone listening is also thinking I don't know what that person just said. So we had a woman on who's like an investment person. And I was like, first question, what is a stock? And she was like, I've never been on a show where that was the first question. But I was like, well, (laughs) anything that you say about investing, if I don't know what a stock is, how am I going to Like I had to like – and nobody wants to be the person who asks what is a stock.
2: Right. Everyone wants nobody to wants pretend, to look stupid.
1: Yeah, everyone wants to pretend they have some baseline. So like we did another episode about investing and I kept having the girl go back and be like – even when she would be like, well, you know, you get a bond or whatever. Just this baseline knowledge that these – a lot of financial gurus expect everyone to have. I would go, OK, go back. What is a bond? What's in a bond? Like because someone listening – I, I think the instinct is to pretend that you know. Yeah. If you don't know, how
0: Ask. are you going to find out? Well, that's so interesting you say that because I remember in school and stuff, mm-hmm. and even when I would go to continuing education stuff, and they would say something very blah, 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 and everybody's like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, um, I'm sorry. I'm really uh, med- remedial in yeah. my understanding. Could you explain it like with crayons and diagrams? Yes. And everybody's like, oh, my God. I'm like- I don't know. But
1: secretly, they want to know. They want to know too. Yeah. And they don't know either. Yeah. But it's hard. My, I mean, I don't know. I think a lot of people are better at this than I am and I really have to try. But like human instinct is to be like – even like stupid lies. Like if someone's like, have you seen that classic movie? I'll be like, yeah, I've seen it. No, you haven't. No, you haven't. So why are you doing that? Yeah. So then it's even more so for for money where no one wants to look stupid. No one wants to look out of the loop. So someone would go, well, obviously you have to like put it in a Roth IRA, not a SEP IRA. And I'd be like, "Uh uh-huh. And then I would be like, I don't know what that is. Why am I saying "Uh uh-huh? But there's no baseline. I mean nobody – there's nothing in high school. There was nothing in high school about it. There was nothing in – and people are more and more angry about that. I see posts Mm -hmm. a lot on Instagram and Tumblr of people being like, why do I know the – the Pythagorean theorem, but I have no idea how to write a check. Yeah. People are mad about it.
0: Well, it's amazing to me. And I, at some point, one day <laughs> would love to help get this kind of education into high schools yeah. and junior high schools mm-hmm. and, and really getting people to start. Because I'm amazed mm-hmm. at how little information is shared with young people. But you get out of college, they hand you a credit card.
1: Horrible. Yeah, oh, here they you have they, this. You got
0: ten thousand. Go spend it.
1: They camp out at colleges they to do. make you sign up for credit cards. I mean, I was, I talk about this in the book, but my younger sister, when she was eighteen, she went to a, a tattoo shop and she wanted to get a neck tattoo, and the artist said, "You're eighteen. I'm not tattooing your neck. That'll affect you for the rest of your life." And but then she could go and take out thirty five thousand dollars in loans, and nobody at the college or the bank was like, well, "That'll affect you for the rest of your life." <laughs> Why was that tattoo artist more responsible?
0: Well, you know tattoos are more visible
1: <laughs> uh, well right exactly you can't hide that, but you could hide you can hide your debt your debt it's just you, so wild um did, and, yeah
0: were your par- do your parents support did your parents support your career of going into um uh, youtubing and all these things? did they have a dream that you were going to be a ballerina or a doctor or no.
1: They, I mean, I was a journalist, so I worked as a journalist for a long time, and I went to college for journalism, Um, so I had this idea that I wanted to be a writer, and I had this idea that I wanted to major in something that had a job title, Mm -hmm. so, like, I could have gone into, like, you know, creative writing, but I was like, creative writer's not a job, but journalist is a job, so if I major in something that has a job name, there will be a job at the end of it, Right. Uh, but I majored in print journalism, and it was about, I graduated in, like, 2009, 2010, uh, and our last semester they were like so newspapers are dead here's twitter like it was very jarring right um so i applied to all these places and i know like it shows my age which is not even that old but like it was like i sent in i had to print out my resume print out clips xerox them mail them to these newspapers all around the country uh and then wait to hear back in the mail and like it was nothing like there were no jobs Right. So I was, like, really trying to figure out, like, what I wanted to do. But my parents always were like liked that I wanted to be a reporter and a journalist. Mm-hmm. And then this kind of YouTube stuff was, like, a weird left turn. Right. Um, I had always done – I did sketch comedy in college, and mm-hmm. I had always done – and then I took a stand-up class my senior year. Mm-hmm. And so uh, – and then I did stand-up at um, – oh, gosh. The place in Boston in Harvard Square. Do you know what I'm talking about?
0: I don't. I know there's lots of comics from Boston, but yeah. I, I think I've been there once for Lobster.
1: Wow. Oh, my God. Um, Anyway, so I – yeah, and, uh, and so I – and then I just, like, kept doing stand-up, re- like, a little bit on the side. Mm-hmm. And then – but I always w- took reporter jobs. And my parents, like, they did, they just didn't – there was no, like – idea of like how is Gabby gonna support herself like there wasn't really sometimes my dad would I would get like a byline or something in a magazine and my dad would say how much are they paying you and I would be like so resentful how dare you that's not what it's about it's about the art of you know writing and the integrity of my journalism and blah 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 Uh, but I also like could never like I was like always scrambling to pay rent always Mm -hmm. like in in feuds with my landlords like always sort of um, trying to figure out how to pay the least like to be like what if I lived in a closet for $400 <laughs> like trying very hard public to public like,
0: storage is pretty inexpensive. yeah right yeah.
1: I think about that a lot and I have and I and I don't live in that um, that scarcity mindset anymore but I still do like pass a public storage and go how worth it would it be
0: could be cool let me ask you this so you said that you wanted a job you wanted to major in something that had a job title mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where did that stem from? like is there something that you like fear? <laughs> fear?
1: <laughs> yeah, oh, fear. I mean, I was I was very very scared not to have a job. Mm-hmm. So like I I had I in college worked at the Boston Globe because there was a a program where you could work. You could go to school part-time and work part-time. Mm-hmm. So I did the it's called the co-op. So I did the the Boston Globe co-op. So I worked at the Boston Globe uh and I went to school part-time and um and the Globe paid. I mean, I had had unpaid internships. I had done a lot of stuff like, you know, obviously like cater waiter jobs and things like that paid you. But I didn't I didn't think like writing gigs really paid you. And then the Globe co-op was like um, five hundred was five hundred dollars every two weeks. And I was like, I'm rich. This is amazing. So because uh, my rent was five hundred dollars. And then I tried to in the book go back and be like, what were my expenses in college? Like. What was I doing with that extra $500? I didn't have I I that was not I didn't have any expenses like maybe food and right. like beer. So I but I didn't save any of that. Um and I was like I can't I can't imagine what like I can't imagine what I thought that I what I spent that on. I don't even think I knew what a savings account was to be honest. And so then um I And then I was like, okay, when I graduated, I was, like, terrified and trying to find a job. And I moved to New York because I felt like I had to move to New York. And I was Because staying... it's so
0: inexpensive to live there?
1: I just <laughs> had it in my mind. Like, I was so determined. And I was in Boston. And I was like, I'm going to move to New York. I need to move to New York. Like, it might have even been as stupid as, like, I had seen the musical Rent and was like, I need to move to New York. Yeah. Like, there were there was not a lot of thinking happening um and so and like a lot of, i mean you ask like why did i want to be a reporter because of uh superman like that's really lois lane or yes. you wanted to be clark Kent. either one okay I right. because of superman because of teenage mutant ninja turtles where she's a reporter and she the april o'neill's a reporter they have that's a, They, have a, far, they have a fun life yeah that's the that's the thought process um and then i saw and then i saw almost famous and um and um I did all the that. president's men yeah. and i was like i'm a reporter um so yeah but like uh so i just uh i just always was trying to to find a writing job okay but i would it was like i took a lot of jobs that i wasn't qualified for i like worked in the it department at like a a, a women's health magazine I have not I am not a woman of health and right. I didn't know IT and I would just google what I needed to do and I was like fired after 3 months. I would get fired all the time, but I was always trying to like get a job, get a job, get a job and then I would just like try to make it work until I was like I will be fired. I knew like I'm on the track to getting fired. So I just always kind of was like trying to do and I always had like side projects or like side things I was trying to do. Um and I just was like scrappy.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, so, but it was stressful.
0: Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I that would be stressful. Yeah, I ugh, I don't I don't think I've ever been fired from a job. I think I was so afraid to get fired. I was
1: <laughs> I was like after like the third time, I was like, just do it. Just, like, just like, let me go. I understand. You're right. I'm wrong. I'll show myself out. <laughs>
0: but it was worth a try. Yeah,
1: because yeah. like if I could I could charm my way into like getting hired. Right. And then I would be like, how long can I keep this going before they realize I am not good at this?
0: Right. That's hilarious. Yeah. So sort of like sales. You were sort of in sales.
1: Of myself. Of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That's always looking out for number one, basically.
0: What is, um, so like to date, what's been your best financial purchase that you've made with the ups and downs and you getting a couple of big checks. Like what's the, what are you something like that was, that was the best bang for the buck or I feel really good about.
1: I started a retirement. Cool. Which is wild. Um yeah, that's the big like I took a lot of the money that I had made from stuff and I started a retirement. Um and have so, you tapped into
0: it? No. Okay. No?
1: Just checking. And I have an and I just became an S Corp.
0: So that's oh, cool. that'll I thought something looked different about you. I was <laughs> like, you know, she looks it, she's an S Corp. <laughs> that's S-corp what it now, is. But like
1: it. the that it's now I have like a, a company that is me. And then I my money goes to that company like just things that I'm like I can't I mean me five years ago would be would be shocked right by all of this would be shocked that I I was just like I don't know you make some money and then you die and yeah. then hopefully when you die it's like not so it's like you don't have t- so much debt so much but debt. whatever probably you're dead so who cares
0: who how did you decide to become an S corp did somebody tell you mm-hmm. you read up on it or like I mean it's a good choice no I'm
1: um, oh. um um. um my manager told me to do it. Okay. And then and then I had and then I I have a therapist who I said, I love my therapist and I was like, I'm gonna become an S Corp and she was like, I'm an S Corp. And then she explained everything to me. Oh, cool. And and I was like, Oh great. Um because now I'm like in therapy with like discussing money situations with right. my therapist because that's like who I've become. Uh and um so that and like I'm just sort of Trying – it is interesting because I I was – I cried about all of – I cried about the change of like being an S-corp. I cried about like opening the retirement home. I cried about all of it because it felt very overwhelming and it also felt like too much. Like I'm so romanticizing a time in my life that was awful. Mm -hmm. But I was also like crying in my tears and it made no sense. I was talking to my manager and I was like – I miss when I had fifty dollars in cash, and I knew that's what I had. Do you know? And now, and like now, I have to like have an accountant, and it's all complicated. And like, why can't I just like be how I was when I was twenty-one? And just like I was like, I have fifty dollars, and it's two beers and cigarettes. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and and so I've like romanticized it to be like, wow, how simple was my life back then? Yeah. Like, and then it's the the biggie, like more money, more problems. Like, right. oh, now you have some money, so now you need to like. Check on your investments and do this and do that, which is like, I mean, that's like such a privilege and so great, right? But it's also like you romanticize, like you. I just had no concept of how much went into it.
0: No, no, and I think, I think when you do have more money. Um, it's a full-time
1: job thinking a, about it and managing it. It's a full-time job.
0: I didn't want to get a new car. I didn't want to get a fancy new car. Yeah. but it kept telling me you get it because I didn't want to pay an extra $2 to the valet parker every time I parked because yeah. you're driving a nice car. They want four or five bucks. $2 and $1 or right. four quarters doesn't
1: – Is that true? I don't know.
0: I don't know. I but feel like it is.
1: <laughs> I Yeah. I mean I I think like I just had no – I was not prepared for how many things change when you – you need to – then you need a lawyer to look at the contract. Then you need right. an accountant. Then you need – and I – and like it used to be that it was just like me and my 50 bucks. Right. And now it's like a cigarettes. whole thing. And and so that – and so like when I only had the $50, I would cry all the time because I would be like, how am I going to figure this out? How am I going to – what am I going to spend this on? When am I going to get the next $50? And then now that I like have more money, I cry all the time because I'm like, how – what are – how do I do – what do I do with it?
0: too many options how do you make your financial decisions like when you purchase something is there a process you go through do you just i get what i want when i want it no do you like how do you make that decision
1: um it it depends i try to go really cheap with stuff i mean i just like a big decision i made was i i was living in a a two bedroom apartment um, it was too expensive. I had a girlfriend who I was like, she'll move in, and then it'll it won't be that expensive. And then we split up, and so I was like, I could stay here, and like, and like this is a really nice place. Um, but I was I looked around, and I realized that there were other apartments, maybe a little further east, or like you know less, maybe less nice, but but like fine, you know, right. you're not going to die uh, for literally half the price. So I just was like, I'm moving. So I moved. Um, and and it, it was just because I didn't feel good about how expensive that was. Like it was a gut thing. And then May 1st, I paid the new rent and I was – and my friend was like, how's the new place? And I was like, the amount of elation I felt when I paid rent and it was that low was like, you're that's the right choice. Right. It's like what you value. Mm-hmm. So I was like – what do I? I got a couch and a bed, and my dog has a a room for his bed, and we're good. I don't need like a whole a whole lot, a whole shebang. Right. But I ended up when I the whole reason I moved, and you want to talk about like keeping up with the Joneses. The whole reason I got the two bedroom in the first place was because I had just gotten the book advance, and I was like, well, I need a place that matches what people think of me. Right. And then and then I was like, it's okay because. I had a huge housewarming party and then I was like, uh, it's okay because like my girlfriend will move in and it'll be fine in a few months and it'll be fine. But like, you never know what'll happen. So don't, don't do that. But I, but now, but then I was like, that was a dumb decision.
0: (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> well, so let me ask you this: because you talked about crying when you didn't have money, you talked about crying when you do have money. Mm-hmm. Um, you worried about it a lot. When you hear the word money these days, mm-hmm. with all your transformations, mm-hmm. does that bring up excitement, disappointment, complexity? Like what? Like if somebody goes, "You got a lot of money," or do you, you know, like,
1: um, I don't know what to say to that. It's confusing because mm-hmm. it's I've I have it's more I have. When we first got paid, when I first got paid for the book, I was like, this is more money than I've I've collectively had for the last 30 years, like ever. Um, and then I still like I still am sort of confused mm-hmm. by where it goes or mm-hmm. what or or. I mean, I'm way more on top of now looking at what what goes in and what goes out, mm-hmm. uh, which was not at all four years ago, five years ago. But. I still am like over, overwhelmed, definitely. I'm still confused a lot. I mean I will stop and ask more questions, but I'm mm-hmm. still a lot of the time like wh- – I was just talking to someone on my podcast where he's – and he's a financial guy too. And he was like, you get all your money and then you take care of your bills. And then you get all your money you feel amazing. You take care of your bills and then by May 3rd, you're like, why do I have no money?
2: Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, but
1: then it's like this thing where I have to remember – that it's so awesome that I, can, that I can for once actually take care of the bills. Like rather than w- in the past when I would be like, well, that's a wash. Uh, now it'll be like, okay, you, t- you, you're, you don't have a lot of money left over as much as you would want when you're so happy to see the money first drop into your account. But you're, you've done it. Like you've done it. You've done the bare minimum of human, of humanness. You've paid all the things that you need to be paid and you're still Okay
0: do you have a balance in your bank account that makes you feel comfortable like if it's at least this mm-hmm. or it's at least not overdrawn or if it's is, is there a number that yeah
1: definitely um and then, and all the money is now going in the s corp so that's great so i just like have my play around money in my checking but um but also you know i'm i i'm terrified of taxes because I fully did not understand them for a long time. So, like, imagine, like, you go through your whole life and you get, like, a refund every year. And then all of a sudden, one year, everything changes. Right. And then they're like, you owe $22,000. And right. I was like, 20- can you imagine 22-year-old Gabby being told that she will owe $22,000? That girl had not seen $22,000. Right. Like, it is jarring.
0: Right. It's a different model.
1: It's wild. Like, it is... <laughs> So, so jarring, and it happened so fast for me that I, it, it still feels very strange.
0: Yeah. So, what advice do you give to people who are struggling with money, mm-hmm. knowing all that you know now, and, mm-hmm. and talking with all the people with bad with money? Mm-hmm. What, like, what's some advice you would give to somebody who's feeling overwhelmed, who, uh, f- you know, doesn't yeah. know if, like, wh- like, what do you say to people?
1: I mean, you just have to know that you're not alone, and you can ask your friends questions. You can ask. I mean, I have conversations with people, like you know, not even people that I'm that close with, but will just be like, like they have advice for you. Someone Mm -hmm. went through it, so they'll be like, you know, I, I just had like my podcast producer for my show that isn't even the money show for the other podcast, the Mm -hmm. Just Between Us podcast, which I do with Allison, the girl Mm -hmm. I was talking about. Like uh, he was like, how are you? And I was like, I'm okay. I'm trying to figure out how to consolidate my loans. And he was like, Oh, I did that. And I was like, You did? What did you do? And it was like a half hour conversation. Yeah. Like uh, people are gonna have information for you. You just have to
0: ask. And most people are willing to share it yeah. if you ask.
1: Yes. Right. Um. But but me in the past, I would have just been like, I don't know. I guess I'll pick. I guess I'll pick a a loan consolidation place and never tell anyone. And also like, I'll just pick one and whatever but then now there's a guy who's like here's exactly what I did here's the app here's everything like and and I'll be like oh did you like that one and he's like well I don't know I did I would have maybe gone with this one like I just am so much more even like my manager today I'm working on something and um and he was like how do you feel about it and I was like uh well I'm you know, I'm a little over, I'm a little depressed and overwhelmed about it and he was like, "Well, yeah, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of, the money is not as much as the work that you're doing." And he and I he was like, "I can talk to them about that for you if you want." And like me in the past would have kept that to myself. And he was like, "No, it's my job to like I'll tell I'll talk to them." Like but I would have never asked for help. Right. So like you just have to you just have to talk to the people around you and ask and ask because statistically the people in your vicinity that live near you that are in your group of friends are more likely to be very similar to you economically Mm. so who better to have information for you than people who are pretty pretty much assumed to be mostly like you
0: right no that makes sense yeah so what do, do you have a trick at um currently have a trick to um here's how i can save money or here's a here's something that i do
1: um, it sounds silly. I uh I went through my when I first started doing stuff in twenty sixteen I went through my bank account and mm-hmm. I printed everything out and I highlighted stuff and I found this is a very LA thing, but I found that I was paying a lot for parking mm-hmm. in the sense that I would run up to the meter, hit yes, 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 and then go into the store for fifteen minutes and have paid for four hours. Right. And and that's great karma. Right. But I was like, Oh, I'm just like in such a rush or whatever. And so I realized that if you just take two seconds and, and d- be like, I will, okay, how long am I going to be in here? Probably 20 minutes. Okay, so I'll pay for 20 minutes. That was like a big change. I mean, right. it's very small amounts of money, but yeah, like- but it starts to add up. Yeah, it, it was like, it was a thing that I would have never thought of until I saw it in front of my eyes.
0: So would you say, and not to put words in your mouth, but it sounds like shifting the mindset?
1: Yeah. I mean, go, I mean, I never looked at my, me looking at my bank statement was uh, the uh, premise of a nightmare for me, but I went through and I, it took like a couple of days and I like was shocked to see like what, what kept coming up. Um, and it, that's different for everybody. Like I hate, I always say like, I hate the latte factor. I hate this thing of like, right. just don't buy coffee because, um, th- it, there's everyone's finances are different. Right. So if you, to me, the coffee stuff is like, whatever, that's a wash. But like, Oh, parking. I don't feel comfortable with this. Like this is oh, this is too much. So it is like going through your own statements and being like, "Okay, what for me is not making sense?" And that and that like is different for everybody. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I'm going to ask you one more question because <clears> we're sure. about to come to an end. So, um I wanted to know if there is a um a belief about money that you had as a child that mm. you still hold on to today mm-hmm. that is serving you or not serving you
1: i'm sure it's not serving me i think there's stuff where just that um that there's like never enough of it that it's just gonna go away Mm. like i i and that's sort of that's the sort of thing that makes billionaires be like i don't want to get taxed on my 11 billionth dollar you know (laughs) because it is this it, it and i was reflecting on this about how quickly my mindset changed from being like Oh my god, I have $100 in my bank account. I'm rich to now being like I have $1,000 in my bank account. I'm poor. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it changed so fast. It does. Um <laughs> and so uh and so I I really try to I really have to look at that. I really have to try to cuz I also am, I I also get very nervous. I have like a, a thing um where I'm I'm very nervous unless I have cash in hand. Mhm. So I pawn stuff all the time. I sell things. I, like, get rid of books and couches, and I'm, like, Craigslist maniac, and I'm, like, a eBay person, um, and so, like, if there's something that you can sell, I will, like, depop for your clothes. Like, I'll fucking sell everything. Right. There's no need for that. Right. But I'm just, like, unless, like, some, unless I've, like, been given cash for my gold, I'm, like, freaking out. Right. And I'll probably, I could be a billionaire and I would still be doing that.
0: Okay. Well, I was going to, so I was going to ask, yeah. is there a number that you think might be enough, but even a billion might yes, not be of enough? Of
1: course. No, no, no. Of course. And I, and I, of course, like, you know, I, of course, understand. Uh, yeah. Like, there is a number that is enough. It, it And a number is enough. Like, it's just my perception of right, it it's it's that has story. to change. Right. It's just my, like, perception of it and my fear and my, um, Itchiness to be holding a, a $50 bill. Yeah. Like it's just this um, – it's just this thing from like when I was a kid where I would just be like scramble – like finding quarters and like scrambling and like getting you – know, like it was just this like weird hoarder, like I don't know, like broke kid mindset. Do you know – like yeah. it's just like yeah. I'm st- – and like I – there's no – it doesn't serve me. There's no need for that. Right. But I'm also like – I also have like – it's a thing of – feeling like i need to break even so like if i and also feeling guilty about buying stuff right so if i buy like shoes that are 50 bucks i'm like well i'll just sell some shirts and then and then i'll it's like i didn't even buy those shoes
0: right didn't happen girl what (laughs) like (laughs) hey it's amazing what we will do to trick ourselves Mm
2: -hmm.
0: no it's Mm -hmm. amazing well i wish we weren't out of time um where can people find you gabby dunn
1: yeah, I'm um, at Gabby Dunn on Twitter, and then um, at Gabby Road on Instagram, which is a silly Beatles pun. Um, and the book, Bad With Money, is out wherever you get books. And um, the podcast, Bad With Money, just started its fourth season, so uh, it's wherever you find podcasts. But there's one through three seasons that you can just go back and listen to and binge on. Um, and then... My friend Allison and I, who, who I talked about uh, a little bit, our podcast, Just Between Us, is also available wherever, and we wrote a book called Please Send Help that is available for pre-order. It comes out in July.
0: Wonderful. Well, yeah. sweet. Well, I'm so glad to have you here. Thanks. I appreciate all the information. I'm glad you're out there helping people know that they can ask questions and let go of the shame and that we still have, even when we're working through stuff, we still have our own uh Mm -hmm. idiosyncrasies or you know i mean i know i do Mm -hmm. um so i appreciate it no the Um, more
1: shows where this is talked about the better so thank you
0: absolutely um well don't forget to share the laughs you can find us on facebook twitter and instagram search for money you should ask all one word and you can subscribe to this podcast, probably the same place that you can find Bad <laughs> bad With Money. Anywhere um, podcasts are. Absolutely. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. For more stories, podcast episodes, financial tools, and upcoming seminars, please be sure to check out themoneynerve.com. I'm Bob Wheeler. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks for having me.